Hello and welcome to another episode of the CG Pro Podcast. I'm Mark and in today's episode we are going to tackle a question that comes up quite a lot in the chat room and that is, why don't governments just ban crypto if they seem to hate it so much? In this episode I'm going to cover some real world use cases that shows crypto being used in people's daily lives rather than just a speculative investment asset which a lot of us see it as. So the reason this topic comes up quite a lot is that there's a lot of chat around regulation, government intervention and banks now putting in heavy restrictions to stop people getting access to the crypto markets either by limiting how much they can spend on buying crypto or just completely banning transferring money to certain exchanges. We've saw HSBC and Nationwide in the UK come out and put quite heavy restrictions on people's accounts, limiting any purchasing of crypto with a credit card, and even restricting people based on their age or type of account. Now for us, this is just banks protecting what's theirs. The more people invest in crypto, takes money out of the banking system, the traditional finance system, rather than going through their investment managers, putting money in an ISA, or just leaving it sitting in the bank. People are looking for alternative investment methods. And as we discussed in the Bitcoin episode, crypto has such a low barrier of entry. You don't need to save up thousands of dollars or pounds to invest in a stock or a house or property. With crypto, you can get involved from as little as a fiver. So that makes access to crypto very easy for anyone, even an amateur investor. Banks hate this. Banks love having control. It's one of the reasons you don't get educated in financial literacy at school. They don't want you to learn how to use your money to get returns. They want you to stay poor and under their control. Governments are the exact same. Governments want their citizens controlled they want to be able to surveil them. They want to know what they're spending money on and control how much they spend on certain things. And crypto just loses all control for governments and the traditional finance system. So it's obvious they want to protect it and they're putting these restrictions in place to do that. But these bans or restrictions never really work. There's ways around everything. And we saw this in China. The China Bitcoin ban came in in 2021 in peak bull run. Bitcoin had peaked at $64,000 in the April. China announced the Bitcoin ban in the summer and Bitcoin crashed, but it recovered within months. Within about 90 days, it had went on to reach its new all-time high at $69,000. That's China, the most controlling government in the world, probably the best surveillance, the most restrictive policies on its citizens. It banned Bitcoin. The money just flowed into other countries, into other assets. There's so many ways around it that banning Bitcoin, banning crypto, isn't as easy as it sounds. Now, I totally get why this topic comes up a lot, because it's hard to understand, are politicians lying, or are they just not understanding the technology, the crypto and Bitcoin technology? For me, they're completely disingenuous. There's no way these politicians don't understand Bitcoin, crypto and blockchain, or they don't want to understand. But for me, it's more likely that they understand this brings a lot of freedoms to people and they hate that. They hate the idea of people being free with their money and their wealth. Another reason why I don't believe 
governments are incentivized to ban Bitcoin or crypto is the amount of money that's involved in crypto. If a government was to ban cryptocurrency, blockchain, Bitcoin technology companies, that would be a huge taxable revenue source for that government that they would lose and that money would appear in another country or jurisdiction. You look at the US, if it banned Bitcoin, crypto, blockchain technology companies today, that money would flow either offshore into like the Cayman Islands, the Seychelles, things like that, or it would flow into Europe, or it would flow into South America, or worst case scenario for America, it would flow into Asia and into China, where they have absolutely no control and no dominance. Western governments are completely incentivized to keep hold of as much of this taxable revenue talent in terms of the people that actually work in this industry and also the amount of revenue and money that these businesses put through their economy every year. Crypto companies have become intertwined with our economy. You look at Manchester City, the football club, sponsored by a crypto company. Rangers Football Club, sponsored by a crypto company. There's crypto companies everywhere right now. You look at F1, nearly every team's got some affiliation with crypto. So banning crypto, I wouldn't say is impossible, but there seems no real incentives or way to do it. We'll cover CBDCs in another episode because there's a lot of talk about the digital pound. Uh, Brazil's launched its own CBDC and there's going to be a lot more CBDCs come online in the next probably year to 18 months, I would imagine. We're also not going to talk about the tech side of banning cryptocurrency. For me, there's just no way it's possible plausible or there's even real benefits in the government banning crypto if anything they're just going to lose all their talented high paid net worth individuals you've also got to remember that cryptocurrency is global so in order to ban crypto you can ban it in one country if the uk banned crypto tomorrow a lot of people working in the industry would move and work abroad we've saw portugal i think attract a lot of crypto companies crypto money and tech people recently um, because they're so friendly to crypto and when you think about global geopolitics it's all a big game it's all about competition who can attract the right people and keep the most taxable income that's two of the big things governments have to worry about so whoever blinks first and bans crypto they're going to lose out someone else will capitalize on that okay so that's the reasons why i don't see a western government like the uk or the us outright banning crypto i think it would just be too costly don't get me wrong i do think we'll still see these headlines we'll still see this fud in the media about crypto getting banned and bitcoin mining getting banned but i just don't see it happening anytime soon but they will make it as difficult as possible for the average investor to get involved in crypto because that's in their interest as well so the next section i'm going to cover how crypto is being used around the world by people in their daily lives. In this section, when I talk about crypto, I mean it all. Bitcoin, crypto and stablecoins. Because they play an important part in the developing world getting access to cryptocurrency. So when we talk about cryptocurrency, one of the things we always have to remind ourselves is that we are very privileged. By we, I mean those living in places like the UK or America. We're very lucky that we have a financial system that 99.9% of people have a bank account. They have a bank card when they go to the shops, they just tap it and the transaction goes through. There are billions around the world that don't have access to the same 
traditional financial system that we've grown up with. And we have to bear that in mind, especially when we talk about crypto, because it's being used for amazing use cases that we wouldn't even consider as a necessity. We use cryptocurrency predominantly as a speculative investment asset. People around the world are using it to literally go about their daily lives, and that's what I'm going to cover in this next section. Crypto adoption is the fastest in developing countries. Vietnam's the number one adopter of crypto in the world. It's closely followed by the Philippines, Nigeria, Pakistan, countries that don't benefit from the traditional financial system, which is controlled by the West. Some of these countries have ridiculous inflation. We think the UK with 10% inflation is bad, but you look at countries like Argentina with 75% inflation, You've got countries like Turkey, 85% inflation. So having an asset that they can hold and store on their person on a mobile phone is a real advantage to protect them from devaluing of their currency. You go a step further and you look at Lebanon and Sri Lanka. Their banks recently ran out of money. The country defaulted. So if they had money in that bank, it's gone. If they had used crypto, they would have it either on their mobile phone or they would have the seed phrase in their head so they can carry that asset wherever they are in the world and store it in something like a stable coin which then doesn't face the same inflation pressures that their own currency does. In a lot of these developing countries there's a lot of corruption so government officials will seize people's assets, they'll go into houses and take any money they find especially when people turn to the US dollar because it's the safest form of currency in the developing world. But in order to get those dollars, it's very tricky, especially because a large percentage of populations in these countries don't have a bank account, so it's not as easy as just walking in and exchanging currency. Corrupt governments also typically arrest people that have the most assets or the wealthy in a country. So having your assets stored on your mobile phone or in a seed phrase, again, becomes very beneficial. No one can see how much money you actually have. Along with corruption, there's also a lot of conflict in the developing world. So you have people that get displaced quite quickly and quite easily or regularly. So sometimes it's a case of military rolls into a town and you've got to flee and grab anything you can carry. Now if you store your wealth in gold bars, it's going to be quite tricky to cross borders or to even carry it without it getting seized. If you store your wealth in cryptocurrency, all you need is access to the internet to access your funds. And we saw this in Ukraine. Crypto was used to help the Ukrainians when Russia started their conflict there. And that was because all the banks had to shut down the minute the war broke out. So people couldn't access any of their funds. So even transferring them money wouldn't work. Crypto allowed people to access money and over $220 million has flowed to Ukraine in cryptocurrency payments since the war began. Now one note on that, that is also a criticism of crypto because crypto is neutral, it's a technology, it doesn't pick sides, it can be used by anyone and you can't force it on one population versus another. So some of the money during the war has also flowed to Russia and there's no way of preventing that. A big reason why the developing world has turned to cryptocurrency is a lot of their families and relatives work abroad and they have to send money home to their family. So if we use South America, for example, a lot of people might go and work in the US or Canada. They want to send money home to their family in South America. 
If their family don't have a bank account, they have to use a credit union, which can charge up to 40% of the transaction. Now, if you're earning probably below minimum wage because you're a migrant into the US, sending that money home, that's a massive part of your wage. Whereas we all know how easy it is to send cryptocurrency and pay a fraction of these fees. Another use for crypto has been when the Canadian truckers protested in Canada and they were cut off from their bank accounts for protesting against the government. They turned to crypto so that they could still have money to keep the protests going, feed their families and obviously fuel their trucks as well. So again, crypto can be used to get around sanctions, which is really important, especially when we see the censorship and the people getting cancelled culture. This is going to become more and more important in the next 10 years, I believe. And then lastly, we have to talk about the crypto benefits that come to a country. We've saw El Salvador adopt Bitcoin as legal tender. Now, when Bitcoin was adopted as legal tender in El Salvador, 75% of the population didn't have a bank account. Without a bank account, they can't accumulate wealth, they can't transfer money, they can't even buy property which is a massive right that we have in the Western world, and it goes back to this Western privilege that we all benefit from. Now, the IMF, the World Bank, they all criticised El Salvador for adopting Bitcoin, saying it might bring financial instability to the country, which is rich given that the US currently has $31 trillion of debt, and no one seems concerned about that. But El Salvador is expected to grow by the IMF, at 2.5% in 2023 GDP growth. That's more than any country I can think of. The UK is going to be negative growth and most other countries are going to be less than 1% growth. And all this is coming from the increase in tourism. Tourism's up over 40% since they adopted Bitcoin as legal tender. So while their Bitcoin holdings might be down, they got downgraded by ratings agencies because people were worried about the financial stability of the country because of Bitcoin. They're actually up and they're bringing in more revenue because more people are visiting the country. So crypto can have a massive benefit on a country's economy. I won't go on too much about El Salvador. I'm going to do an El Salvador special podcast in the coming weeks, so stay tuned for that. But I hope you enjoyed this episode and you saw the benefits of crypto to the wider population, the wider global audience. We are very privileged in the West that we don't face hyperinflation corruption, displacement, massive corruption in the banks and governments and we don't have to worry that our money in the bank might disappear tomorrow from a bank run. Cryptocurrency, whether it be Bitcoin or stablecoins, alleviates a lot of these issues and allows people to transact in a different way than they've been able to forever in these countries. So we were asked in the chat, do we think governments are going to ban cryptocurrency? Hopefully I've answered that question and covered a few reasons why I don't think that's going to happen. I still expect a lot of FUD, a lot of headlines coming out that Bitcoin's going to get banned, Bitcoin mining might get banned. I just don't see it. And there's certainly a lot of countries that are benefiting massively from cryptocurrency and their friendly policies towards crypto. Thanks very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that podcast and I'll catch you again soon.